Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. And now, here is your host, the lovely, delightful, insightful, and all-around great gal, Ms. Barbara DeLong. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Nightlight. That was the magical voice of Ken Quiethawk. And if you are interested in listening to more of it, he can be found on nativestorytellers.com. He and his wife have an amazing website. I urge you to check it out. Tonight I have the honor of having an amazing lady here as a guest. Uh, Her name is Dina Miriam, and uh, her book that we are going to be talking about, among other things, is called My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. Time is the story of how the events and people she has encountered in life serve to awaken memories of past births, memories that helped her to understand her current life and provide spiritual direction and guidance. As she remembered past teachers and loved ones, she realized that the most important message is the continuation of these relationships through time, through death and rebirth. The body may perish, but love continues only to be reawakened at another point in time. We meet old friends again and again in different forms and situations to continue what was left unsaid and undone. Dina recounts explicit memories of of at least seven previous births in as many different countries with their different cultures and religions. Themes emerge from the past that still shape her life today. On top of the fact that she has an amazing magic with words that sucks you in and um, inspires you and enlightens you at the same time. She has other aspects of her life that, that have evolved because of these past lives and along with them. She began working in the interfaith movement in the late 1990s and found that women and the Dharmic religious traditions were very much underrepresented at the international interfaith gatherings. Her work with the Global Peace Incentive of Women 
an NGO that she founded, has been devoted to creating a global platform and giving a stronger voice to these marginalized religious leaders in the interfaith movement. In 2014, she was honored with an, I'm going to mispronounce it, but Naiwano Peace Prize for her interfaith peace efforts. The Global Peace Initiative of Women was founded in 2002. It's an organization chaired by a multi-faith group of women spiritual leaders. The mission of this organization is to enable women to facilitate healing and reconciliation in areas of conflict and post-conflict and to bring a spirit and to bring spiritual resources to help address critical global problems. Since its founding, It has organized dialogues in Israel, Palestine, Iraq, Sudan, Afghanistan, Cambodia, and Kashmir in India. The work in the area of peace building has expanded to include fostering new models of development, inclusive and sustainable, mobilizing faith communities to address the climate crisis, and to changing attitudes toward the environment, regaining the sense of awe, respect, and reverence. For the earth and her systems. She has not only done an amazing amount of work, but also obviously she has put herself in the place and position where she can extend it to beyond this point in time. She's a force to be reckoned with, and I'm very, very glad she's with us tonight. Welcome to the show, Dina. Thank you. What an introduction. <laughs> You're right. She's sure. quite, quite inclusive. <laughs> Well, I told you I needed an extra hour. Um, <laughs> covered a lot of things. First of all, I do want to go into your organization, but first I want to talk about your book, which was, I, I couldn't put it down, and for those who know me and how much I read, that's saying something. Um, you you describe many lifetimes, and, and what you do is you weave a story of awakening and... Um, and an understanding of different religions, different traditions, and how we do go from from different situations in every life we 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 go into. But you also are very explicit in showing how interconnected they all are. But to get that you was to the beautiful the that that was the beautiful thing for me is to to see that nothing is random, and that there's oh, a, yeah. there's a, a a, a, a beautiful pattern that unfolds, and that we are the creators of our of our destiny. We we are the creators of um, not consciously perhaps, but unconsciously. Um, we create our pres- we've created our present, and we're creating our future. So, um, yeah, there were a lot of teachings in this in this experience, which took place over a number of years. And you know, I would imagine it, it's it's going to depend upon where a person is in their life, those things that they are going to grab onto, and and it will give them validation. I know I shared it with a friend of mine who um, whose husband has just passed, and they had been married for 51 years, and she said, you know, after reading this book, I understand that I'll meet it. I'll meet him again in another way in another time, and. It, it, it gives you a sense of an ongoing journey instead of just a single stop. Exactly, and 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 that's it. Changed my whole relationship with death because I talk about it in the book one um, 
clear memory of dying in my in my my past birth and then dying and then being reborn in this life and you know is is are we dying when we leave our physical bodies or are we dying when we're born we're dying to that world when we're born <laughs> and we're dying to this world when we move on to the other so where's our true home um there were it it i i i think we're reaching a point where um, perhaps humanity will change its relationship with death because that's been the fear that's, that drives so many things about our lives. You know, we live in fear of death continually. Yeah. And if well, we, and, if you we know, could... It, there, but in some religions, they, they teach that this is it. You know, there is no more. This is, this is it. And, and yet, you kind of want to have have, be a fly on the wall when they realize, uh-oh, well, maybe that wasn't exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, somebody said to me, somebody said to me today about how you know what a mess the world was, but they, this is an older person that they won't be around to, to see to see it. And I thought to myself, well, you know, <laughs> you might be back to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, you know, it gives you hope. You know, if something is is looks as if it's going to take two or three hundred years to um, to evolve, that, that's okay. I'll be back. Um, yeah, it's it's just some, somebody said to me, "Well, I'm I'm done. I'm not having any more lives." And I said, "Well, you know, you as a person will never return, but your soul, your spirit, probably has a whole bunch of other objectives going on here." <laughs> Well, see, that's a key thing, which which I say at at the beginning, because I was, um, I was I was really trying to reconcile the East and Western notion, um, because mm-hmm. I think that you know more and more people who grew up in the Abrahamic traditions are accepting the reality of rebirth, and it depends upon if you identify with your personality. You only show up this way once, you know, in this mm-hmm. set of circumstances with with you know the way you look. And uh, you know your your uh, particular personality, um, but that is that really who you are? I think that's that's the question. And if you identify only with your personality, then it's a different thing. Yes, you're not going to show up like that again. But what I found through all these different births is that I I I, I identified with all the personalities. They were all me, and none of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I found that that they they were they expressed just a little part of me. Each each one expressed a different part of myself. But taken together, I could say that I was ex- you know coming back and expressing different parts of myself. And you have to look at the whole. Oh, so yeah. it changed and my my view in so many ways. <clears throat> well, I think first of all, I, I want I want people to understand that that I mean. First of all, you're a very unusual person, and and you have great talent with writing. It's just it's amazing. Um, but you didn't suddenly one morning wake up and and go, aha! I remember a past life. Uh, you had been involved in meditation of all sorts for for a long time before before you yes, got to this I, point. I, as a child, I I had things that I could now identify as glimpses. And um, seeing my own children grow up, I, I recognized things in themselves. They had very strong um, uh, things that they were attached to when they were very young. So I recognized that in myself. I, I loved ballet as a child. I used to dream of dancing. It haunted me in my dreams uh, when, I was, when I was very young. 
and I I couldn't do it in this body. I couldn't I couldn't um, do any of the things that I could do in my dreams in terms <laughs> of dancing. And then um, uh, I f- I found my my teacher, my guru, when I was in college. Began meditating, and these glimpses came and went. And then I moved into a, a house when I was thirty. And there was something about the house that stimulated a series of dreams. I would dream about a, a different house, um, and I would always be back in the same house, and I'd wake up with a sense of uh, missing, a longing. Something was not right. It just left me with a with kind of like a hole in my in my stomach. And um, this went on for about 10 years. I would every now and then go back to that house and dream. And then one night I woke up and I, and I had a vision of myself as a, as a little girl in Russia. And then right after that, a man, came, a colleague, came, a new man entered my work field and started speaking to me in Russian and, and um, calling me by a Russian name. And, and one thing led to another until finally these memories began to emerge. And that was the first real recall, and that was my birth just previous to this. And then I saw that I had actually met my guru in that life because he had left the body by the time I was I was born in this in this current life. And so a lot of things began to make sense to me. I had been a young aspiring dancer in Russia when I was in, the, in that birth, and that then I understood why as a child I always longed to dance. And so I spent several years kind of reliving that. In a great deal of detail, and and you know, I was a single mom. I'd been divorced when my kids were young, raising kids, keeping a job, and I'd say to myself, you know, are you are you going off in the deep end? You know, are you, are you having hallucinations? Uh huh. <laughs> but I, I'm a ground. I said, and then I'd say to myself, no, you're a very grounded person, you're holding on to a job, <laughs> raising your kids. Yeah. You're you're a grounded person, and and then. Um, you know, finally I saw the whole narrative of, of that life, and um, it, and I would confirm things uh, with this with this gentleman. I would say things that I would see in my in my memory, but that I I didn't know in this life, uh, and mm-hmm. he would confirm it. And finally, I, I actually took a trip uh, to where I thought I had died and found the street and. You know, as I checked it out, I was something of a detective, actually, because I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, <laughs> that this was, there was something to this. Uh-huh. And then and then some years later, I had a very similar experience with the birth just before that. Uh, I met somebody. I, I woke up in the middle of the night having a vision of myself, you know, as a southern belle. And um, it surprised me because I had thought, certainly thought, oh, I must have been born in India somewhere in my last life. Um, uh-huh. And when I saw Russia, I said, well, how was I born in Russia? And then I saw myself in the American South, and I said, the American South? What was I doing there? <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, it, it, didn't, it didn't logically make sense to me, but when I saw the whole narrative, it all made sense. It all made sense, and I saw things about my early childhood that that uh, were remnants of these other births. And and so it went, going back, one life back and back and back until these seven lives were captured. And then I could see the pattern. And um, well, in you know, each it, life... It, it was, it, it, it too, the, the pattern is what got to me, the, how 
how there were nuances that, 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 you know, flowed into each. So you really are a complete and total composite of all of these lives, plus all the ones exactly. that you haven't retrieved yet. And, and what I found was that um, when you're in the, in, in the um, spiritual world between, between physical births, um, is a time of integration where uh-huh. you're 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 kind of um integrating what you know what what happened in your previous birth and beginning to and you're setting the blueprint for what's coming next i mean we determine our future you know we 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 set it out for ourselves and you know with with oh, help yeah. and with guides and and to me that well, it, just was beautiful well it, it is and and each lifetime creates a filament that creates a thread that weaves a fabric that creates right. in the next life and it it is it, it is was amazing how long did it take from your first remembrance to the creation of the book about 20 years yeah no, i it it, it <laughs> It didn't happen overnight, and I, I think what what is so amazing is that you know so many people have have flashes of past lives or have feelings about right. things. Yeah, but yeah. but th- you saw the movie of the past life. That's what it was. It's, it's yeah. I, I was drawn into a movie, and I would see these things um, and hear conversations. And I mean, this is why it took me so long. Each time I, I would I would have a past life recall, I felt, well, that was it. You know, it's, you know, I'm not hearing uh-huh. anymore. It's over. And then, um, you know, maybe a year would pass, and I'd be kind of ruminating and integrating that. And and then another thing would happen in my life where it would another life would come up. And and so it it took me a while to really integrate everything and to understand it all. And um, you know, I didn't know, and I and I was kind of waiting for it to, you know, to, for me to see everything I was going to see before putting it mm-hmm. down. But but I've just actually just finished a sequel, so that's not the end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> How many more lives did you get in the sequel? Two, but they're much older. Um, and and oh, yeah, it's they they go back several thousand years to India. And it was again on a journey that I went to a very sacred place in India where these memories were awakened. And I had been wanting to sort of understand the movement of time. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there, there, there um, is the tradition that, there, that time moves in cycles and that there was a higher age many thousands of years ago. Oh, and yeah. by un- understanding that, it could help us understand where we are today. Yeah, because time but, you is know, cyclic. Yeah. It's cyclical, yeah. Yeah. And and, and we've, and it, we've lost a lot of spiritual knowledge. There was a time when there was much greater spiritual knowledge. Maybe maybe we hadn't developed the earth to I don't know, whether whether there was less physical development. Maybe there were there was less things because we didn't need them because we were in tune mm-hmm. with the higher planes. And that knowledge well, got lost. Yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. I, I think that, that 
there are times that when I when I travel way back, I find that that you know there was so so much love, there was so much compassion, there yes. was so much togetherness yeah. and and sharing that. Um, yeah, and I don't think that there were lots and lots of people here, but but it feels like there was such harmony with not only um, each other but with nature and with the planet and with the cosmos. And exactly. I don't know what happened, yeah. uh, whether we had one of those mass destructions and started from a single cell again or what. But I, I do know that the times we're going through now don't speak of that same kind of time. So that I, I'm hopeful that we're on our way uh, to to becoming more compassionate with one another, more accepting with one another, and and I think what you what you've done with the the glo- uh, the global incentive for women, um, it, it is kind of helping to to weave an understanding between not only individuals but the but their 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 cultures and their religions, and when you get it right down to the bare basics, they're all the same. Exactly. You know, and I I have seen movement. When I first started working in the interfaith world in the 90s, um, people were were barely uh, having any deep exchange. It was the word, the buzzword at that time was tolerance. We have to Uh have tolerance. And I thought, oh, my God, if if that's what, (laughs) you know, the lowest common denominator, we have to just tolerate each other. And you know, I, I, you know, I kind of backed into this work. It's nothing that I thought I would do, but I found myself doing this. And the word was tolerance, and then it moved on to respect. We have to respect each uh-huh. other, so we have to speak. And then it moved on to mutual respect. And I kept saying, when are we going to move on to love? <laughs> you know, when yeah. we can say that we we really appreciate each other and love each other. <laughs> Um, but it was very slow. But now, 20 years later, I see there's much, a much deeper appreciation, and uh, in in a, in a very uh, sincere way, um, among uh-huh. a subset of people who've been doing this work. Um, of course, there's still still a lot of people who have to work on tolerance, but um, <laughs> but there has been yeah. progress. <laughs> no, and I, I agree with you. There has been. I mean, if I've been in the spiritual field for for over 50 years now, almost 60 years, and I've seen an amazing difference in people's comfort with with talking about it, with sharing it, with with you know being a, a lot more open with each other as to feelings and and beliefs and philosophies. And it's not in in many cases, it's not a debate; it becomes a sharing. And exactly. you look it's for very, yeah 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 you 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 look for um, similarities rather than dif- differences, and once you find those similarities and connect on that level, everything else flows. Exactly. And it's yeah you know it, it in my opinion, um, you know we are on a journey to understanding that we are all one. We're we're one family. Exactly. Yeah, we are. We are one, and you know, with with all of this um, uh, popularity and talk about mindfulness, and, and and mindfulness is important, but that has to be balanced with heartfulness. 
And I think uh-huh. what we have to work on now as a human community is is really opening the heart, opening the heart not just to people, but to. Um, I, I heard uh, the other day, a few days ago, uh, a, a man who works a lot with dolphins and whales was was sharing with me the sensibility and intelligence of the whales, and played for oh, yeah. me a very complex song that the whales sing. Uh, when they come together in their in their mating, it was hauntingly beautiful, hauntingly beautiful. And I thought oh, to myself, is. you know, we we have to move beyond this human realm to all the life forms on this earth and beyond. Uh huh. Yeah, it's it's going to be quite a journey, and and we're we're just in the beginning stages of it. But very beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but your book does provide people with an understanding, and um, while, while it would be everybody's greatest desire to be able to attach to their own past lives this way, it, it's not that they can't. It's just that, you know, and, and actually I think the, the autobiography of a yoga uh, is a great book to start with if they're looking for oh, yes. Yeah, tools for meditation, yeah. and I, I mean it's it's a classic. It's really the first book you should it's a start classic. with, in my yeah. opinion. And yeah, and, I agree with you. And and you know every person will will find their own way of meditating and their own way of getting to that place where they are blending and 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 shifting in and out of the other realms. Um, and and whatever way you have, if it works for you, that's magical and that's wonderful. And, and use that portal to get into the understanding of the higher consciousness and, and all it can afford us. Um, your, I mean, your your lifetimes, I mean, I, I don't have a favorite one. I mean, when when you... <laughs> I don't either. When you passed away, when you passed away from Russia, I, I kind of, you know, I was sorry you got rid of all the jewels, but then, you know, I like things that sparkle, yeah. so... <laughs> But, but for good, but, good use. <laughs> yeah, they did. They were put to great use. Um, but but each lifetime had aspects of it that just absolutely touched your heart so much. You just didn't. You wanted to step in and you know and help, or or or, or to say it's going to be okay. Don't panic here. Um, you're you're one where where you um, where you tried to drown yourself in the Ganges. Um, yeah. That was amazing, mm-hmm. and the the Chinese one where where you were saved, you and your children to be able, but you learned to serve and help. And I mean, every lifetime had something of of such a wonderful sharing, positive nature to it that that um, you know you, you one would hope that everybody has past lives that can guide them on their spiritual pathways that are as inspiring and as enlightening as yours. I mean, I'm sure we've all been stable boys someplace, and I'm sure we've probably swept hay yeah. someplace too. But Yeah, I think, I mean, after after my life my life in India where I was a, a, a princess, I was had the poorest life in Persia, you know, as the, as the daughter of a, a man who was just a he, he was a, a, a tradesman of sort, but he was also a Sufi teacher, and we were very, uh-huh. very poor. So I went from wealth to poverty, and that was one of my most joyous lives. There wasn't much sorrow in that life, and that so so I, of all the lives that I've seen, the poorest one was the most joyous. And in each uh-huh. life, you know, it's like I've 
because my guru died before I, I never got to meet him in person, when I saw that in previous births I had been, I had a father who was a very saintly man in, in my life in Persia. Well, that gave me such joy that knowing that I had had that somewhere else. You know, I, I uh-huh. didn't have it in this life, but I had it somewhere else. And then in Africa, when I had the the, the sh- woman shaman who lived in the jungle, I, I saw that oh. I had had a woman teacher. I had seen a great, great woman, um, uh-huh. you know. Did, so you don't get everything in one life. It gets spread out. And and in each life, there's a struggle, but, but there's a um, a blessing at the end of the struggle. And I think that's one of the great lessons in life. And there's also um, the element of karma being balanced sometimes one lifetime to another lifetime instead of immediately. And that's something I think it's important for us to understand, too, that while there is balance and while there is karma, it doesn't have to all be tied up in a nice nice little package at the end of your lifetime in one lifetime. Sometimes oh, not it's at carried all. <laughs> over to other lifetimes. <laughs> Exactly. Well, it would be nice. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's hundreds of years uh, uh-huh. before um, you know before before things manifest. I mean, there's it's so intricate the timing of all of this. It's impossible to understand with the logical mind. That's that was my conclusion. But intuitively, one can see the power and beauty and how it all makes sense and how it all works out. So I, I think, you know, rationally, if you try to figure it out, it's it's, yeah, it's no, very work. difficult. <laughs> it doesn't work, no. But on an intuitive level, you can see how it um, um, everything finds its fulfillment. You know, it does, and, and there is justice. You know, it, it there does. is justice, and that's such an important thing for us to know. The universe provides for justice. Absolutely, and and... You know, there there were. Um, I think it was amazing in your southern lifetime when when you discovered someone you loved hanging in a tree and and realized that you, the relationship you had to that person that was that that was heart wrenching. Yeah. And um, you know, I I really um, didn't realize where you were going with the next lifetime until until I realized what was going on. And, uh, you know, sometimes you could see the connection, sometimes you couldn't, but you were brilliant with the book in that you started to, you know, interweave it all so that even someone who wasn't getting it got it. And um, yeah. <laughs> by the end, it all comes through. <laughs> by the end, it, it, it all makes sense. But it's, and it, again, it shows you that you have to kind of stand above your life to see uh-huh. how it all makes sense. If you, when you're in it, you can't see because you're in in the emotions and you know in the reactions. But once you kind of pull yourself away, then you can see your life from a different perspective. Yeah, and it, it was interesting too because you, in your past lifetimes, didn't really have the vision of what came before or what was coming next, you know, for you Not in those lifetimes, yeah. that was yeah. it. And, right. and, and, and yet it, it really felt as though at the end of each of those lifetimes, there was a sense of peacefulness about you. Yes, because in each lifetime there was somebody who was prodding me on, somebody who was showing me a direction. 
and um, that was that was kind of like the divine guide in that particular mm-hmm. circumstance, and that was very comforting. And that was, you know, in the Japanese life there was the Buddhist master, and in Africa there was the woman shaman, and in uh, in in Persia it was my father, uh, in India there was a you know Swami who came, and so there was always mm-hmm. somebody to point in the direction. And and I think if we everyone if they look at their life they'll see that there's somebody who's pointing them, who's given them uh, a little push in the right direction. And um, yeah. it's just recognizing it, you know. Sometimes we don't recognize it. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because um, my sister is, um, well, she's, she was a registered nurse. She was a nurse practitioner, and then she became very involved in, in um Eastern Eastern traditions and things like that, and she is a shaman. I'm, I call her a shaman. I don't. She's never. She would never call herself one, but I call her one. Mm-hmm. And um, she was, as part of her studies with an organization she was working with, she had to keep a journal for a solid year. And in that year, she had um, some heavy duty medical problems, and she, and and she was writing in her journal. You know, why Why isn't there help? Why isn't there someone spiritual here with me? Why isn't there someone to give me guidance to help me? She was really agonizing. And and after a 100 pages or so, she said, wait a minute, my sister's here. She's a spiritual <laughs> teacher. <laughs> and after reading 300 pages, I'm I'm sitting here saying, what was I shopped liver? <laughs> Sometimes you don't see what's right in front of you. Yeah, you know, no, very but, often you don't and, and see what's right in front of you. You're absolutely right. And sometimes the spiritual teacher is is just the person you would last expect it to be. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and yet, you know, that wisdom and guidance is there you know what you need at that particular point in time and and it it is amazing how um knowing that sometimes you look for it and you don't see it until after the fact and after it's been there and then it's like oh damn why didn't i think yeah. better you know? <laughs> i mean I, I i think the more you kind of trust in the universe trust in the mm-hmm. you know however you whatever you call that the divine um, mm-hmm. The more you see that things are provided, that you get what you need, um, which means also you get the teachings that you need, um, yeah. and and things, you know, it's um, it's a matter of learning to trust that more and more. Yeah, and it it that element of trust, and and sometimes sometimes you're your own teacher, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's a matter of listening to yourself as opposed to what other philosophies um, people are trying to give you, it's kind of like this doesn't feel right for me. You know, I feel like I need to do this, and and you do it. And in your Southern lifetime, that's exactly what you did. I mean, at one point, you were torn. You didn't know if you were in love with someone, and and so Mm -hmm. you, 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 you left. And then realized that that it was somebody that you had loved, and 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 yet that person stayed in your life, which was miraculous. 
and helped me in it to to really achieve my life's work <clears throat> in yeah. many ways. Start a school, so yeah, and of course that relationship then continued on to the um, to the next life. Uh-huh. So it's uh, it's it's. I think you're right. I mean, you have to learn ultimately to to trust your intuition. But I think the more one learns to trust, um, you trust you trust your inner voice as well as that the universe will provide what you need. And that's, you that's find, a hard one because life gives you challenges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, do you find sometimes looking at people and wondering, did I know you before? <laughs> you know, or, it's, or do it's you funny just... because um, I was thinking, you know, there are a lot of people who are close to me now, my father who I have a very strong relationship with, and I, I can't find them in my past. I don't I don't know where they were. Um, and uh-huh. of, of course, I realize I've seen seventy. Like, how many hundreds, thousands of lives have we had? So there, oh, yeah. there are, I've seen just you know just the tip of the iceberg. Um, and but I don't. I never kind of press to see what doesn't come spontaneously. Uh, uh-huh. And of course, the whole issue people always ask me about past life um, regression. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I always say that. Uh, um, one has to be very discriminating about who you work with in that field because you're going oh, on to yes. hypnosis, so you have to be very careful. Um, and uh-huh. and if, if you, it also depends on your intention. If you go, if you if you're wanting to see just out of curiosity, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you might see something that doesn't please you. <laughs> but if there's yeah. something in your life that's troubling you, that you you want to find an earlier cause, there are people who have been helped by this. Um, I know people who've had phobias who've, who've, who've really suffered and wanted to find out what caused them, these, these phobias. And so, and so it can be helpful to some people. But, when, but I generally believe you should receive what's given to you and not, not press for more. Because in the end of the day, people have different experiences, you know, and, and you get what you need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a real good piece of advice I give people is to, you know, when, you, when you're having impressions, when you're having dreams, when you're having visions, write them down. You know, Absolutely, if you, yeah. If you write them down, then you've preserved them so that you can build upon them at a later time if it's appropriate. And, and, I find um, that, yeah, I agree. I, I now keep a pad and pencil by my meditation ch- uh, area. Because uh-huh. I, you know, something comes to me. I, I don't, I don't want to lose it, and so I think writing exactly. things down is very important. And and you know, I I do believe if if you if somebody is really um, determined or has a need to understand the cause of something like a phobia, or 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 has a, a burning desire to just know what their last life was, that the, the dream state is a good place to start, you know, request to see in your dream a part of a past life, and then write exactly. things down. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, you'll get symbols, you'll get, you know, your, your consciousness, your spirit will give you what is appropriate for that point in time. That's right. That's and, right. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's. I played with this, and of course, it's not something you should play with. But I did play with it a long time ago, and you know, it was. I was all set, and I meditated like heck, and I was sure that I was a person of power and influence, and yada yada. And 
I I I worked really hard and and I finally got to you know okay I'm going to to get a message about my past life tonight and and I must have gone on for a month or two just and and I finally got a message. Oh, you did. You were not Cleopatra. <laughs> yeah, it was, you were not Cleopatra. And, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, well, uh, you know, the danger is that that um, people, can, you know, if if it also kind of like a, you get into the ego thing about being a famous person, oh, that's yeah. also not very helpful, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I say that we've oh. all been we've all been rich, we've all been poor, we've ha- all had beautiful relationships, we've achieved, oh, yeah. you know. Been this or that. I mean, uh, such a variety that we should all feel pretty good, you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That, that, um, I mean, it, it, it is a collection, and and I often tell people that that you can't recognize something unless you've experienced it. So, exactly. You yeah. know, I I had um I did a whole life expo maybe 30 years ago and somebody came up to me I had, I was I had painting I was painting mandalas at that time for people and the woman came up to me after about the third day of the expo and said you're the only person here worthy to to give me a spiritual message I channeled Jesus and I looked at her and I said I am not worthy <laughs> <laughs> mundane in, in order for us to really learn and you know yeah you sometimes you're a princess and and but you know when you stop to think about it princesses didn't have it all that well they had arranged marriages they had arranged marriages they, they yes they didn't have a lot of freedom of movement um not, no. uh, yeah i mean even today who would want that life you know no um, not not particularly uh, you know <laughs> So, so of course, it's idolized, you know, in our culture. But, um, yeah. No, I think that. I, I think in terms of you know uh-huh. health, sometimes you have a beautiful body, sometimes you don't. I mean, uh-huh. uh, if you begin to think of yourself as as having had it all, you know, and instead of you know, you don't get it all. Nobody gets it all in one lifetime. You know, you 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 get different yeah. gifts. And so yeah. knowing that you've tasted, you know, you know, you've had, if you don't have money in this life, well, you've had it in the past. If you don't have a great love relationship, well, you've had it in the past. If you don't like the way you look, well, you've had so many different bodies. Some of them were beautiful. Yeah. Well, and, you know, in one of your past lives, you, you um, there was a musician whose music literally took yes. you. In, into into the, the the cosmic sphere. The cosmos. And uh, yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think I think a lot of us have experienced that at one time or another where where a musical phrase or a muse, a piece of music has has just transformed our reality and taken us out of body into a place of magic. Yeah. And you know that that's that's I think that's the only thing that that you know I can where I can say to someone have you ever listened to a piece of music and just floated away on it and and almost yeah. everybody has been able to say yes yes right and um, true. absolutely true yeah it's power sound is powerful very powerful it is and and 
it it resonates to the very core of your of your being and <clears throat> not a lot of the current music will do that to me but a lot of the older music does it for me <laughs> yeah and and there's sacred music you know chants uh-huh. and there's sacred music that has really been designed to lift you into another into another sphere uh, just by the oh, sounds yeah. And um, and and then you know so that's a transcendent experience. The the thing that that um, it's interesting because it, through my recollections, the whole question of time came up to me, and uh-huh. I found myself living in different time periods simultaneously. Uh-huh. You know, I was often back in the past in, in a particular life, and then I was functioning, doing my job, tending to what I needed to, but, but my mind would be in the past. And then when I ha- had the recall of the in-between state, the between births, I found that the s- same thing happens with space, that I could be in another place at the same time that I was functioning here on Earth. Mm-hmm. And so I think you get to the point where time and space don't exist. Well, I, I would now, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean those are just it's not something that one it's difficult to maintain that uh, because mm-hmm. of course the world comes grabs you you know and your attention gets focused here. But it's it was it was very enlightening for me to have that experience of being kind of like in multiple places and in multiple time time periods. So so when you had the experience of these different lifetimes, did you find yourself picking up things that reminded you of these different lifetimes that you still have around you? Well, um Picking up things, like what do you mean picking up things? I mean, it could get it could get very cluttered. Um, but for instance, you know, in in um, one of your lifetimes, you have beautiful saris and and the element of of artwork yes. and color. Yes, 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 yes. You know, yes, yes. That's that's you know, it's like before before I even saw my Japanese life, I I actually go to Japan every year because I work with some of the. Spiritual organizations there, some of the Buddhist groups there. Uh-huh. I do interfaith programs, and so they bring me there once a year. And I always would take a day to myself to go look at the artwork, Japanese art, and to pick up scrolls and and to buy uh, some of the uh, textiles. And then when I had this past life recall, um, I realized that that's a leftover, and that yeah. I entered. You know, I kind of like get back into that realm when I'm in Japan, in Kyoto, on the antique streets and seeing those things, I get real excited and I'm back I'm back in that in that time. And and uh but in a way that's what I mean about you you can you know, it's like um I'm I'm feel like I I I have not lost well because I do have the memory of it, I I still retain some of those traits. Well, you know, in, I still have in a way then beauty beauty. Isn't that that element of déjà vu then similar to that, or is it exactly? That? I think it is. I think I think so many people. I mean, I remember as a kid having a lot of déjà vu experiences and not understanding uh-huh. them at all. Uh, and I think you know, it's 
I think it's relatively common to have a deja vu experience. You know, but but, well, but it, most people we don't yeah. know what to think of it. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I I've know been there. My, I've my done that. <laughs> Yeah, my mom and I used to antique, and I can remember going into an antique store and seeing a ring and saying to my mother, that's my ring. And mm-hmm. the the uh, the antique lady said, you know, it's, it's quite old. It's like 300 years, so I don't think it's yours. And I said, no, that's my ring. And <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't want to leave it, and my, we asked how much it was, and she gave us an exorbitant amount of money. You know, she said it was an exorbitant price, and I said to her, you won't be able to sell that unless you sell it to me. That's my ring. We went back six <laughs> months later. The ring was still there, and I said, I see you still have my ring. How much is it now? And it took almost two years before when we walked in the store, the woman came outside and said, I will let you have it for whatever you think it's worth. And I told her what I thought it was worth, and she gave it to me. Oh, my goodness, I mean, you have she, the ring. I have the ring. She couldn't sell it. Huh. She said, it's like it's like nobody sees it, and uh, it's my ring. <laughs> it, it, it belonged to you. That's why nobody bought it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Interesting. That, that's that's yeah, that's one of the coolest things that's happened. Do, do you think that that um, your family, in in the way you were born into the family you have now, really helped to pave the way for you to be able to get to a point where you could um, recall all of these lifetimes and become involved as you are with with the um, global um, peace initiative for women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, peace initiative. So, so. My 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 father was uh, very involved in the art world, so th- that part of me, which we were just talking about, the love for beauty, the love for beautiful things, um, I was surrounded by that when I was very young. Of course, it was not my taste; it was contemporary art. But he was he 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 had a, a passion for art and and really um, understood, you know, that that longing and and for all all the arts, opera, ballet, music, symphonies, everything the visual arts, uh, and then he kind of, he he saw my spiritual interests, which he didn't share, but he gently pushed me in the direction of doing interfaith work and mm-hmm. um, made it possible. I mean, he, he, he brought these opportunities to me. So when I, when I look objectively, why was I born into this family? You know, I, they, they don't share my interests my interests, my spiritual interests, which are the predominant ones, I, I consider my interest yeah. in art to be very secondary. They, there was nobody in my family who shared a spiritual interest. But I see in other ways, um, I, I was I was given the opportunities because of the circumstances that my my family um, uh, created. Mm-hmm. So so yeah so so then I was able to see why I was born into that family. I mean, they didn't. They supported you. They supported I mean, they, you. They, they, they. I mean, emotionally. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they, no, they emotionally they the supported me, and, and and they, you know, uh, when I got divorced, I got work into the business, and and the, that one thing led to another, and then it led to my working with the UN, and then it led to the interfaith work, and and so it 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 was it was a. A circuitous route. That's why I say it took 
it took, uh, but I think that happens for a lot of people. You start out in your 20s doing one thing. By the time you reach your 40s, you could be doing something totally different. Um, oh, it, wait till you hit 70. Way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> it continues <laughs> It continues to grow and change, right? It does. It absolutely does. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty I, I of life. It's ever-changing. Oh, my goodness, yes. And I, you know, so many people don't understand that. They think that, you know, you go to school, you do one thing, and that's what you do for the rest of your life. And and that's just not necessarily the case. Um, Especially if you today, your... I think there was a time oh. when people, you know, got a job and they hoped to stay in their job in advance, and, and, and that was it. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, now people move around and people start in one place and, and um, it's much more fluid and, and rapidly changing world today. Well, it, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, the, the, the plight of women, when I, when I went to school, I'm 74, so when I went to school, mm-hmm. um, you could be a secretary, a teacher, or an airline hostess. Or a nun. Those were, oh, oh yeah, or a nun, yeah. Um, but, but I forgot the nun part. But but <laughs> those were really the only occupations that were, quote unquote, really acceptable. Right. Um, I, for women. Yes, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 so, and so today, um, you know, you look around and there's very little that women haven't been integrated to a certain degree too. even the priesthood right. is kind of getting you know even the priesthood is beginning to say oh well maybe <laughs> you know? yeah but, but, no i mean there are still a few uh holdouts but but there's a uh-huh. lot of pressure on those holdouts uh and yeah. um now there's been a lot of change i mean there's clearly more work to do uh, I mm-hmm. know when I first started, when I organized my first interreligious summit uh, in 2000, so it was 1998, where I was meeting with religious leaders, and I and because I was working with doing this with the UN, the UN would say, make sure they're women, make sure they're women, and when I would ask the religious leaders, you know, do you have women in that you can recommend, they they look at me and say, we don't have any women leaders. Uh-huh. And it, they thought it was such a strange thing that 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 I would care that we have you know women can't have a summit of all men, but actually at that time most of the the religious world was male, and yeah. the interfaith world was male. And if they had one woman up there and a panel of twelve people, they thought that was great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, that's changed. <laughs> Often I'd be the only woman in a a session, and I'd say, okay, I'm representing half the human race. You know, uh, that that has changed. It has changed, but it hasn't hasn't fully resolved itself. It really hasn't fully resolved. There's still... um, I mean, you've taken women from, from so many different cultures, and you've brought them together, and... I mean, they, they, they. I, I think when you started this, it was for women, and then men started to say, "Well, what about us?" And now exactly. the men and now are, it's, are a part it's of pretty too. balanced. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's pretty balanced between men and women. But I still, you know, try to make sure there is that gender balance there. Um, mm-hmm. And and 
it, it's it's just like I said, you know, the word tolerance. Nobody uses that word anymore. So that <laughs> that that whole uh, understanding of interfaith exchange has changed. I think the whole um, understanding of gender has changed too. Um, but 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 there's still holdouts. There's still holdouts. I mean, um, you know, you, we we see it in the news every day, right? <laughs> there's still holdouts. Yes, we do. <laughs> no, yeah. there there are definitely, but. But I think what you're doing is so amazing because while while there is acceptance of different religions, what you're doing is is helping them understand that the, there are similarities there. You're 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 helping them to to blend together, and you know possibly in you know five or six hundred years, there will be only a spiritual philosophy instead of separate different sects and religions and, and ways. Exactly. I, I mean, yeah. you know, you've got, you've it got, can be, it can be all, I mean, there could be, there could, which is the way I think it was in the, in the earlier times. I, I, I think the goal is to, to help everybody see that there are many paths up the mountain and no one path mm-hmm. is better. That that one path may be better for you because that's your path, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's not, um, it's not better than for somebody else than their path, you know. They're choosing the path right. that's best for them. And that's a huge leap for humankind because so much of um, human suffering has caused by what I call this domination gene, that one race, one religion, one ethnic group, one nationality is better than the others. Which, which is, we're better. And, and that's something that humanity has to overcome. Yeah, we certainly have a ways to go on that one, but yeah, but it's true. And, and and I think starting with with no, well, starting with you haven't really started. Well, working with the women, who of course bring up the children, and if you can educate a child this way, then then you change the world one generation at a time. Exactly, and and I think that women. You know, it's been in a, in a way a blessing that women have not um, had institutional leadership because they're much freer. Uh, when you have, uh-huh. you know, if you're a cardinal or a bishop, then your whole psyche is to defend your power. And so, yeah. having never had that, you, you, you're you don't have to defend the power of the institution. And I think all of the religious institutions have failed. They've failed to bring uh, love and harmony. And uh, have you know participated in creating these divisions, these artificial divisions? Isn't it amazing that they all preach love and harmony, but it's only for us? Yeah, it's it's for our group, you know. Yeah, <laughs> because we're, because we've got the because we've got the right way. Yeah, we're the you ones know? that have the answer, and unless you're with us, you're against us, and it's you know and. That's just, um, it's sad, and, and I love the fact that you actually, you you hit just about every major religion out there in your book. Um, That's and, true, yeah. And, and it, was, it was amazing because, um, you know, each of them colors the way you look at your reality a little bit differently. And, That's right, um, yeah. And, and, and it was magical how you were able to, from experiencing it uh, to 
to Im- implant it within the story so that it, you, you, the reader understood that this was another way of looking at life. And um, yeah, and one has to it was see, one has to experience um, one has to experience the totality. You know, you you have to get to to see different points of view. So, what better way than to be born into that situation? So, uh, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little uh, uh, example of something. So, I had the memory of a life in Africa, and of of a, my my sister and my son being uh, um, doing a raid on our village, being taken as slaves, and my sister uh-huh. being thrown into the sea. Um, when they had. Um, uh, a year ago, I was invited to do a racial healing program in Charleston, South Carolina. There had been an incident there where a pastor had been killed in a church with some of his um, uh, fellow church church people. And the uh, black community was very wounded by this. So we went down there, and it was the white community and the black community talking about what this experience had done um, this this uh, murder in the church, what it had done to the community. And then one of the young black men said, you know, next, tomorrow, every every year at this day, we um, go to the ocean and throw flowers into the ocean in remembrance of the Africans who died on the ship, who didn't make it over to, to, the, to the country. And so mm-hmm. he invited us to go. And so out of politeness, we said, yes, we'd love to join you. We were a group of about eight or nine people who had come down from uh, different parts of the country. And we went. And as we were there, and there was the African drumming and they're throwing flowers into into the ocean, I suddenly see the image of my sister from that life in Africa. Oh. And I, it was a completion for me because I never got to, because I had died before before she, I never got to do anything in the memory of her. You know, there was no funeral. There was no completion of that. And that uh-huh. moment was a completion for me. It was deeply moving. But one of the people in my group, a young white man, Philadelphia said to me, you know, we, we didn't belong there. We shouldn't have come. We were intruding. We were the only white people there. And he said, uh-huh. we shouldn't have been there. And he, he was kind of rattled. And I said to him, you know, I don't know about you, but that was very meaningful for me, and I'm so glad that I went. Now, just uh-huh. think of how the racial tensions would be healed if people remembered that they were the other race, if they remembered yes. their life as the other race. You yes, know, I a, mean, it's a different, every lifetime is just a different suit of clothes. It's a different suit of clothes, yeah. You know, and and it's it's ironic that you could be, you know, hateful toward another when you most likely have been that other. <laughs> or will be. Or will be, exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if people understood yeah. how these laws operate, it, it would hopefully change change the way they conduct themselves. I mean, one of the things... There was a certain point after all these memories had come back to me where it suddenly hit me that just as the past created my present, I am now literally actually creating my future. I'm I'm, I'm laying the blueprint for what's to come. And so that was a very sobering thought. And I... I, (laughs) 
you know, I said to myself, well, I, you know, I don't want to leave any relationships that are, you know have rough edges. I don't want to leave anything undone. You know, <laughs> and I really began to tend to things in a different way, uh, and uh, it, it 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 made me much more mindful about my life, about how I carry my, how I behave. Yeah, when you know people throw karma and dharma around like crazy, and I don't think they totally understand it that it 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 has been with them always and will always it, be I, with right. them. Yeah, yeah. And you know, people it, use those words casually today. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like I'll pay for that one, you know. <laughs> and yeah. um, but the reality it, it isn't paying for. You will create the balance of. You know, right. It's 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 it, it's like like the um, well, like your jewels went to pay the the Russian physicist to, and and to get the Jews out of Germany, right? To get the Jews out of Germany, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's. There, there is a reason for everything. There, there is no such thing as coincidence. There is a flow, and we are in that rhythm. And, and if we recognize it, we can, we can get great wisdom from it. If we don't, we can, you know, we will eventually. Somewhere down the line, we'll figure it out. Maybe next life or the life after that or whatever. But, you know, it is something that everybody comes to understand at some point in time. And it's different for everyone. It's different for everybody. I, I think you're right. I, because we've all had different experiences, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the one thing we share is that we've had a variety of experiences. We've had such a diversity. But, I mean, that's the beauty is that each individual is unique and has um, a different story, uh, a different set of circumstances, um, and, and, and has grown in a different way. Um, but there's so many things to, it, you know, it changes your whole perspective because I, I um, remember I was doing a gathering with, with young Africans at one point in Africa, and even though I had lost, in that life in Africa, I had lost one son, I had two children remaining, and I started to think, well, that was a few hundred years ago. Those ch- children would have had how many children? They would have had how many children? Uh-huh. How many descendants do I have in Africa? Yeah, you probably were and related go, to all of them. And then you go to all the other places that you've been and the children that you've had and all those descendants, and you see that you've, in, at some point, touched almost everybody in some way. Right. On, you know? <laughs> so, and I mean, the idea of the world as one family is not just a metaphor. No, we've it's for all real. Been, it's for real, yes. Yes. We've all been <laughs> connected in some way, at some point in time, it 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 is amazing, and and I love the fact that you're bringing you're bringing women together, and you're letting women be a part of a a healing, peaceful movement, and you're doing it globally. You're not just doing it, you know, in your neighborhood. You you've had the the you've been fortunate enough so that so that you've been able to really hit countries all over the world and you know for the first of them for the, it was it was a, a great learning for the first 10 years we traveled around the world going to places where there was a lot of tension and conflict and bringing people together uh, to talk and to you mm-hmm. know and something 
something magical would happen in the process because we also brought spiritual teachers to sit with them and uh-huh. and um and they would feel the energy so just the vibration would affect them but then we began to shift to just talking about how to love each other to to the situation with the earth because the earth is in crisis now and so yeah. a lot of the work now is you know we could talk about loving each other we may not be doing it but we but that's you know people know we should love each other but what about loving the earth what about yeah. loving all the creatures of the earth what about loving the forest what about loving the rivers um th- that's there are fewer people who really understand that it's not just a matter of um yeah we have to clean up the rivers because that affects us it's loving the rivers for what they are and that's what we're trying well, to do now is really change the consciousness around these You're right, and the rivers were here before we were. And I I loved your your your, um um the lifetime you had in India, where the Ganges, the Ganga was my friend. Yeah, was your friend. Your yeah, um, and and that's true. It 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 is is, true. They are they are living entities, and we don't give them credit for that just because they can't exactly. You know. I mean, it's it's like because we can't and, see. And, we it's just mm-hmm. like the whales. We don't we don't you know we just we don't think about the whales because they're out of sight, out of mind, and and the rivers also. We don't sit and really meditate with the river. If you meditate by the side of a river, you develop a very intimate relationship with the river, and oh, yeah. you know it's you're right. So so um, you know just like you if you sit and you listen to the birds, you get absorbed into their sounds, just like you're listening to a beautiful mm-hmm. symphony or something. So I think that's actually probably one of the most urgent needs for us to do as a human community is is to connect in that way with, with, with nature now. Well, I agree. And, and the fact that, that we are destroying rainforests and we are doing, we're doing such damage. It, a, a long time ago, there was a, um, a documentary made and it's it's about a two hour maybe a three hour documentary it's called home and it was it's on youtube i'm pretty sure um and if you watch it you you see the beauty of the planet and you see how much is there still yet and and while we are destroying it yeah yeah Yeah, have you yeah i just i absolutely I cry every time I see it because, you know, forget who made it and stuff like that. It's beautifully done. And and it, it, it speaks to how much richness and beauty sheer nature actually is and still is. And, it, and it still is, while, right. Yeah. I mean, well, some may say that it's too late. We've destroyed everything. I don't believe that. I believe the earth can heal itself if we give it a chance. I totally agree and, with you. I totally, yeah. Totally agree with you. If we, if we give it a chance, that's the big if. <laughs> you <Yes. know? laughs> we, we have to stop our destructive behavior, and 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 things and things will balance itself again. There was a time when we were in balance with the earth, and yes, there um, was a time. Yeah, and there was a time when communities had a group consciousness, not not necessarily individual consciousnesses. Exactly. And, you know. Yes. I mean it it and we weren't like the Borg 
Um, I mean, it was it was really there was a group understanding, and there was a memory of the history, and there was a memory of creation, and and I, I you know I want to say something happened, and suddenly, you know, we lost it, and we I don't think we lost it suddenly. I think that I don't know what happened. Um, civilization probably. Civilization but, um, happened. It, it's 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 um, you know w- with the movement of time, uh, uh, individuation happened. The rational mind took over. Intuitive sense was lost. Connection with nature was lost. We thought mm-hmm. we could control nature. You know, I, it just. It, it, but I think that now we have to move into our into a higher state. Of of recapturing some of that, or maybe even going to a different level of understanding. Well, yeah, um, I I would agree with you on that. But you know, when when children are born today, indoctrination starts almost immediately. I mean, they they are full of love. They are full. I mean, when children are born, their first few years, you can tell what they were meant to do by the things they're attracted to as a very very young child. And I'm talking two and three right. years old. Yeah. Yes, 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 absolutely, yeah. And if if parents in, encouraged it, endorsed it, you would have a happier generation for sure. But I they agree don't, with you. you know. Oh, yeah, they don't. Yeah. It's, no, they're, you know, they're, they're trained to to fit into the world that we've created, which is a stressful uh-huh. one and, and one of uh, insecurity and on and on and on. Um, and and then you have to undo all that. You know, uh, as yeah. adults, people then look to undo all that. Uh, if, well, if, the, you if know, you, you know, as you get into your twenties and thirties, you begin to recognize that's there, and forties and fifties, you're maybe unlearning it, and you're maybe connecting to those things that you were when you came in, those those understandings of nature and pets and animals and all sorts of wonderful things. And if you live long enough. You get back to that state of mind, that connection, and and you know then then you really are more spirit than you are physical. Exactly. No, I think that's the progression. (laughs) I mean, you know, (laughs) I think one is blessed if you can figure it out earlier. Yeah. You know, and um, definitely, I'm working with a lot of young people in their twenties and thirties now, just to kind of see where this generation is going. And of course, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't talk about a generation. There are all I know is that their spiritual information is much more accessible to this young generation now oh, absolutely. than it was to my generation. Absolutely. You know, there's Just so much of, available of, to them. Out of curiosity, you've you've got a couple of kids, I believe. I have two sons and four grandchildren, very young babies. So, how well, did they react? to this transformation that you were going through? You know, um, I never spoke about it with my sons. Um, One of my sons, my oldest son, knows about the book. My grandson, who's now nine, um, is the only one who, he's a deeply spiritual child, who knows all the stories. (laughs) He's read the book. (laughs) Oh, cool. Um, But my, my... um, my my children are my two children are not particularly interested uh, mm-hmm. in spiritual matters, and so I'm just the mother to them, and I don't impose my 
I mean, they know I have this Global Peace Initiative of Women. They know I do something, and I'm always <laughs> traveling around the world, and then they know I'm involved in ecology and all that. But they don't ask too many questions, and I, I, I don't impose it on them. Yeah, yeah. I'm I have, wondering I have what they would say. Grandchildren. <laughs> my my How son grandchildren? looks at me every now. My son looks at me every now and then and says, "I'm I'm not sure what it is you do, but you do do it well." <laughs> and, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to um, appreciate where each person is on the journey, right? You do, and and it's kind of like, um, yeah, I'm so happy he's happy, and that's that's really all I want, you know. If he's happy and and the kids yeah. are happy, and you know, then then if there's joy there, then sooner or later they'll figure it out. And uh, I, I, you know, they, My oldest grandchild, who's nine, when he was born, uh, when he was about three, he started talking uh-huh. about Tibet. And then oh, wow. he, he started telling me a lot of details about how he died in Tibet when the Chinese came in. And he knew uh-huh. so many details about that period in time when the Chinese came into Tibet. And he had... Such oh he was watching movies on the Dalai Lama he just you know when he was four five six seven eight even now he's researched he just knows so much of the history of that that uh, thing and interestingly so so here is a child who talks very openly yes I di- I was born in Tibet and I died in Tibet defending it from mm-hmm. the Chinese and wow you, he he had such a um, an anger toward the Chinese and. Here he is now in a school where his teacher is Chinese and he's having to study Chinese language and Chinese history. And he's saying to me, <laughs> you know, I understand, I understand the karma now. Tibet once conquered uh-huh. China, once ruled China, and, and now this is just the return of that karma. So, I, you know, I, I can watch. I watched it with my kids and now I'm watching it with my grandson how they're kind of reliving you know, certain parts of their last life and coming to terms with it. It's very interesting to watch children if you really watch children. Oh, yeah. No, I um, I taught school for 25 years, and, yeah, they are they are amazing people. It, it's a shame they have to grow up. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> and it's a shame that we, <laughs> we, we put them into boxes, you know. Um, yeah, we do. But then we were put in boxes, and that's all we knew, and... and you know, you kind of hope that that as as the generations grow, evolve, and understand this better, they will give greater freedom to the spirit that comes in in their children, so that they can um, nurture those talents and skills and gifts instead of squashing them and saying, "No, no, you have to do this." And uh, I mean, every now and then I see a child and, and a parent will say, "Well." What are they going to be? And, and and every now and then I am blessed to be able to say, well, I don't know what they're going to do, but I do know they will always be happy and blissful because they're going to follow their dreams. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, the parents cringe. <laughs> but the, I wouldn't want more. I, I wouldn't... I wouldn't want any more for my child than that. I mean, if if you have the courage to follow your dreams, then, then by golly... Uh, You'll have a rich, joyful life. You may not be rich, but but you won't starve either. Well, I think I think the the, the key in our society is that we I mean, we live in a society that just worships money, 
And the key yeah. is 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 thinking differently about prosperity and and what what does a prosperous life look like? And you know, I mean, people who have a lot of money are often less happy than people who have little money uh, because it's a it's a false kind of happiness. So so we really need to change to shift the values in our society. You know, I mean, well, to I me, that's found... one of the key key problems. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I've always found that people that have a lot of money are always worried about losing it. Those of us who have yeah. none don't have that problem. So, That's right. You yeah. know. And also addicted to having more because it's never enough. I mean, you yeah. think if somebody had a billion dollars, they would be happy and say, oh, okay, that's it. But, you know, yeah, it I goes on and on much. and on. Yeah. It does. It's, it's, um, it, that's a never-ending story. but It's an addiction. Um, it is. It is just and and you know our world is so full of of temptations. It is hard to to keep the you know I I I can't say I keep it straight and narrow, but but if it's a four lane highway, I stay in the four lanes. I you know haven't gone on the service road yet, but you know it's it's kind of like you, you, there's so many choices. There are so many things that are exciting to experience and to research and to learn about and. Um, I mean, you, you've had you've had the wonderful um, gift to be able to travel all over the world and to be able to come in contact with people and experience healing on all sorts of different levels plus different lifetimes. I mean, that's a gift. It is a, 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 a yes, and I, I and I am extremely grateful for that gift. And and what I've seen is that each culture has its beauty. And, and that I mean that's what comes out in my memories too is that each culture has its particular qualities that are spiritually uplifting and can, and can get you there. And there's no place that I've been that I haven't loved. You know, I've been to Africa, all over Southeast Asia. I just came back from Russia actually, and wanting to feel what the spiritual energy of Russia was now. Mm-hmm. And I found that there's a whole consciousness movement in Russia of uh, uh, people interested in Buddhism and doing meditation retreats, going to India, uh, people interested in Indian spirituality. Um, it, it's, it was, uh, and then there's the whole shamanic tradition that's still very much alive there. It's an undercurrent. And so, uh-huh. um, it, it's, you know, this is like a global... And then I have I have people approaching us from China, wanting us to come do some spiritual gatherings in China, because there's also um, an awakening among young people in China, uh, turning to meditation practices again, Buddhism and um, and yoga, things like that. So it's helpful to see that that this is a global phenomenon that's happening now, and. Um, you know the story about the hundredth monkey. When the hundredth monkey learns something, then all the monkeys just automatically know it. Yep. Uh, I, I I think that's we're waiting for the hundredth monkey now. You know, when enough people tune into this consciousness movement, things can change overnight. Oh, I would agree with you, and and I think that that uh, the way that you're doing this, the way that you're sharing the philosophy and the modalities and and no judgment just sharing you're not trying to shove it down anybody's throat and because of that 
people are 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 willing to try are are wanting and eager to try i know uh 30 40 years ago there there was a movement to have a um a peace chamber with crystals from all over around the world in it and every um every month on the 11th day on the 11th hour there was an ongoing meditation for peace in each of these chambers so on that particular mm. day there was a circle of meditation for peace around the world for for 24 hours and Beautiful. it was an it was an amazing experience and each each chamber when another chamber was built each chamber would send a crystal for the wall of that chamber so that so that they were connected not only by the energetic of the meditations but by the crystals that were in the walls that were surrounding them and mm. it was a beautiful experience it was just i i went for a year or so and um it was it was just it was so cool you you came out of there higher than a kite and mm-hmm. um you know blissful beyond anything <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crystals do do that. Yes. <laughs> and and um you just loved everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it wore the heart, off the heart the heart chakra opening, you know, oh, yeah. and then uh, the the love and, and that's I think our natural state is is just to have mm-hmm. that love flowing through us. And um and that's and that's when I look back at the different lives. What are the highlights? Because when you think about it, you can describe a life in forty pages. So uh-huh. what we take with us? What do we take with us? Um, we take highlights with us. Yeah. You know, things that leave an imprint on us, and the things often that leave an imprint are, are the love relationships, the the you know the the teachers who have come to us, the loved ones. Those uh-huh. those are deep imprints. Absolutely, and but there's wisdom too, and I think what what is fascinating, even if one isn't able to, I mean, what you've done is magical, um, and and though everyone is capable of it, probably not everyone is going to put the homework into it that you did. Right. But but through meditation. You can reach that portal that gets you to the to that the bridge from consciousness to higher consciousness, from That's conscious right. and That's physical right. to to the to the spirit within you, and you can draw wisdom from there that is profound beyond belief. And absolutely, I would, yeah. You know, everybody is capable of that. And, and and you don't have to meditate all day every day or anything like that, but but to have a consistency, to have a routine, to have right. a yeah, practice, right. regular practice, a regular consistent practice. Um, it, absolutely, it, it's it's a it's almost like it's a spiritual law that you mm-hmm. when you when you take upon the when you do these uh, uh, practices, um, something happens. It does, you know, it's, and, it, and it's subtle at first. <laughs> it's subtle, right? And it, it's, it's different it's for everybody. Subtle. No, no two people experience mm-hmm. it the same way. Um, and and sometimes you get you know beautiful experiences at the beginning, and then you have to do the work a little bit more. <laughs> and um, yes, and and but but some but change takes place, and sometimes it's not 
you know, um, a spectacle of lights. It's it's a, it's a change within your perspective, your understanding. My yeah, I it's find the, most it's often greater... my it's my understanding that changes my understanding of things. Uh-huh. Well, it's also a peacefulness. And, and um, a peacefulness and a quiet joy that comes into your life. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know things. that, um, <clears throat> you know, people that, and, it, you know, it, it used to be people would meditate in secret, but, but that doesn't happen anymore. People are really far more comfortable with saying, you know, I'm going to meditate for a while and I'll, my phone's off the hook. And oh, I'll, yes. I'll, you know, when I back. started meditating, I had to do it in secret. I couldn't tell my family. <laughs> They thought it was, my mother would thought it was part of a cult, you know. I was going to be kidnapped and taken oh, yeah. into a cult. Um, and, and, of course, now it's mainstream. There's meditation in corporations. Uh, you uh-huh. know, they're doing it in the military. Every, you know, it's just mainstream. Um, and often it's for secular, you know, just for uh, more, be, to feel more peaceful, less stressful. And, you uh-huh. know, that's a first step. Um, but but hopefully people won't stop there. They'll go in deeper. Well, yeah, and that's it. It's sort of like, okay, um, you got to a certain point, you letting go and allowing and, and, and embracing what is coming is, is important as well. Meditation isn't controlling. It's allowing and surrendering. It's, a, it's letting yourself. go. You're right. Right. To self. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's it's putting the mind. It's getting the mind to step aside, so that the mind is not kind of c- controlling your your deeper intuitive self, and allowing uh-huh. that part of yourself to come forward. Yeah. It can be. It can be so exciting. It can be so magical. It can be. Yeah, I I sometimes tell people that you know I don't recommend they they try meditating before they go to when I come out of a meditation i'm so wide awake it's unbelievable you know there's no way i'm going to roll over and go to sleep so oh yeah i do exactly. me yeah. too <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah, that's a different like, thing that's sleepitation <laughs> yes <laughs> definitely now but I there is so much to discover we know so little about the universe and there's I know, so much to the discover. universe is what gets me is the universe is inside of us, and all we it's have to ins- do is go exactly. there. Exactly, it's inside of us, it's, right? It, it, it's yeah. in there. It's not out there. It's in there, and 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 it's it's a magical realm. It's another dimension, and the portal to other dimensions rests within us, not outside of us. Um, hard thing yeah, so, to, so to convince it, people. There's of. an interesting realization I had in the book that I'm working on now, which goes back in time several thousand years, before the patriarchal mindset took over. Uh And um, there's there's a, um, um, uh, a great teacher who says to me at that time that that the spiritual knowledge is decreasing, that the that that women hold the knowledge of the inner worlds. And as the spiritual knowledge is increasing, so too will the women will will recede into the shadows. But then the time will come when the spiritual knowledge will return and the knowledge of the inner worlds will return and women will come out of the shadows. Wow. 
Well, it's yeah. nice to see they're coming out of the shadows. It's, you know, it's a start. <laughs> it is a start. I mean, when, as we were just saying, if you look at when we were young to now, women have definitely stepped out, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it, it's it's very exciting to see and it doesn't mean that men are being emasculated. It means that there is finally becoming a greater balance between the two. A greater um, balance, but I think that I think that that the, the kind of like the sacred masculine will emerge as well, freed of this overlay, uh, because it doesn't uh-huh. it doesn't serve anyone to 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 not see the full potential of the other gender or the other uh, any other, and so and so. To see the full potential of women will serve men as well, and help help bring out that that higher masculine energy. I think. Oh yeah, that's, there that's was, what we're waiting there was, for. <laughs> that there was a study done a long time ago on on how our our minds um, were um, left brain and right brain, right brain originally way back in the beginning were very balanced for both the male and female. And yeah. over time, man became more left brain oriented because it needed he needed to, you know, provide and stuff like that. So he had to be more intellectualized. And then as time went on, he became totally left brain and no right brain and then a time came where when there was, you know, um a a blending a little bit more of of the male, you know, Allowing the 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 right brain to kind of come in a little bit, and and the hope is that eventually, you know, the balance will be there. But what was fascinating with was, though the study took the 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 man's brain, and and it went through that process. Women women's brains did not; they remained balanced in every age that they were looking at. So oh, that so that. The one that was making, you know, having to go through the the radical changes and then the reintegration were the men, not the women, because the women remain balanced. Hmm. It's interesting. Kind of inter- it's yeah. An inter- yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And I I, I can see that. I, I, I can because see that women too. were, you know, women, you know, but. I think one of the most important parts um, of our whole being is the element of creativity, and and you know I, I saw it with with in in each of your lives that there was a, a form of creativity that that was experienced by every every life you had that enabled you to be able to reach to those spiritual levels, and I think creativity is very important in order to do that. Creativity is, and and that's what we should be. That should be a big part of education, because everybody has it, but it's often suppressed. And, yeah. Um, I I I think you know the first thing they cut out in schools when there's a budget thing is cut out music, cut out art. You know, yep. uh, and that that society suffers as a result. I mean, children should be, uh, their creativity should be encouraged from the time they're little all the way up. You know, uh, through college, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, you you 
you you look at it, you see it, you can recognize it when when someone is has has been creative in, and it, it can be anything from from cooking to gardening to writing to drawing to to having a fascination for puzzles and putting puzzles together and taking puzzles apart or clocks together and clocks apart. You know all sorts. Oh of yeah, stuff it like could take so many different forms. So many different forms. It, it's it's really kind of. Well, it's just to create. It's to you know. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the, um, um, that's part of the energy of the universe. The universe is always creating. You know, I mean, life, new life forms are uh, on this earth constantly coming into being. There's such a creative energy in the universe. New stars coming Uh about. Um, And and that's beautiful when you really tune into that creative energy of the universe. I mean, when you. When you realize that that we are a product of creation, ergo we create, becoming creators ourselves. Right. And yeah. and, and if you and, don't, you and know, we are you have co-creators with, with the we we we, as I said, you know, we create our future, you know, uh-huh. um, and collectively we we you know create the future of our humanity. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know yeah, how that's going to go, but <laughs> we hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but in in your in your um, lifetime in China, um, you Japan, you got Japan. Okay, I, I knew Japan, it was yeah, over yeah. there. Um, you you found solace and richness and love and harmony. Um, you found it in being connected to creative endeavors where it wasn't in other parts of your life. Right. And I mean, finally, you know, I'd had a very uh, lavish life and that that got destroyed and I had mm-hmm. nothing really and it was taken into this Buddhist monastery which was... Um, which was all about discovering the inner world. It's discovering the inner beauty... Uh-huh. And um, not focusing on the outer, because they had all been focused on the outer expressions of beauty. And to find the beauty inside, that was the teaching in that life. And then, of course, I was able to continue on with the art and all that. But the big lesson was was that beauty is not just outside. Beauty is inside, too. And to go inside to find the perfection of beauty. That, I mean, that was, that was, how... I, you know, I really felt for you because, um, I mean, not only not only the things that you had that were beautiful, um, and, and not that you craved them, it's just that you earned them and they were gifted to you. But, but your hair, I mean, that was that was yes. <laughs> when I had to shave my head, <laughs> that was traumatic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was traumatic. Yeah. And yet, you know, I've said and, to people, yet, when, you, when, when you have this past life recall, I mean, it's just really like when you think back at your life, you know, there are joyous moments and then there are sad moments. And uh-huh. it's the same thing. When I first recalled my previous birth, my Russian birth, and I, I um, saw this mother that I had uh, been separated from at the age of 14, I had experienced again all the pain and longing of a 14-year-old girl who just lost mm-hmm. her mother. And I cried for months. I would say to myself, Dina, this is ridiculous. You're, you're crying <laughs> for, for a, a mother from another lifetime. 
mm-hmm. who died in 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 1914 or 1917 or something. So you know, logically, it made no sense, and yet I was back and experiencing those emotions. And it happened mm-hmm. with every life where I would uh, go back and experience the joy and the pain. Um, and that's you know you know whose life is not like that we all have we all have that in our life we it's it's oh absolutely but you know i think if i would i would love for people i'd love for everybody to read your book because it puts your life in a different perspective you know this is a chapter in a library not not just a book but in a library in a library that's right it's yeah, it's a chapter it's, in the library. A, yeah, it's a chapter, and and you can perceive it and experience it any way you want. So right, so right. What, and and I, to be know, appreciative. I, I, I mean, it also made me, you know, kind of um, treasure what I have now at this moment, because uh-huh. I I know that, you know, in the future. Perhaps I will. Perhaps I won't have the memory of this life, you know. And I'll and I'll remember the things, the, be- the beautiful moments and the sad moments and all of that. And so it's it's to really appreciate so much what this life has given you, um, and knowing that we're going to take those memories with us. I mean, it's interesting yeah, to and reflect yeah. and say what are, what are my memories going to be at the end? Yeah. What are, what are well, the highlights and, and going to be? You know, when you stop to think about it that way, it's it's sort of a, it doesn't matter. You're going to have the richness that you have brought through time that is going to be a, the richness and the memories and the loves, and you'll have all of that to draw on if you choose to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or so much is about choice. So much is about choice. Or in a couple hundred years, you'll pick up a Kindle and you'll find this cool book and you'll read it and you'll say, that's really cool. You know? I know. I thought about that. I thought about that. I said, you know, i gotta got to put out that. Somebody's got to give me that book for the future. <laughs> well, you know, it it, it And I'll it say, wow, be. this is so I, familiar. Yes, why yeah. does this resonate to me? Um, but... But you know, you you never know what you have yet to create or what you have yet to do. But um, I, I would I would I would believe that that your your work with the uh, with your organization is is going to be around for a very long time. And I would say that that you know I would guess that in another hundred years or so, it's still going to be out there working as hard as you're working now. And it's um it's kind of it's interesting you know we we do sit and we do wonder sometimes i i've often thought you know what what kind of memory or or resonance will i leave behind for for other generations to pick up on and look at and say well she's crazy or she was before her time or you know whatever um, you do sometimes wonder, okay, I'm doing this work and I'm I'm leaving behind these writings, and will anybody ever read it? And you know, you certainly, you know, you must know that that tons of people have I, I'm sure read your book, and certainly if I have anything to do with it, tons more will. So 
you've 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 left a message for time. And and well, I, th- I think you know, yeah, no. I think that the, I I I believe that there's an acceleration taking place. Mm-hmm. And that that an acceleration in terms of waking people, you know, more people waking up to to their true nature. Uh, even even a little bit, just understanding that there's a much bigger picture, uh, and and seeing um, seeing the unity as as we said at the beginning of this conversation, we're, we're moving toward that. You know, we don't yeah. know the pace, but um, it does seem there does seem to be an acceleration. So hopefully these ideas will become more more commonplace and more shared. And already it's much easier to talk about this when I. When I shared this book with a few of my friends, and they encouraged me to publish it, uh, some uh, some of them said, "Publish it, but do it under a different name." (laughs) (laughs) I said, "But this is my whole life in here. You know, how can I hide? I can't hide. But either I publish it or I don't. (laughs) You know." Yeah. And so I didn't take their advice. And I thought to myself, you know, 20 years ago, yeah, maybe you know, you'd have to be anonymous, but not anymore. No, and uh, you know it's it's it is there there I I will agree with you there is um oh how did I put it once I said there's there's a stirring there's a quickening in the universe there is there is a a, a feeling of almost time speeding up and and energy yeah. shifting and and people really. Uh, first of all, questioning everything and then beginning to seek inside. And, and I have to say that, that in, in all the years I've been in this field, um, people are now more and more coming for how do I find the pathway inside of myself 100% more than, than it used to be answer these questions for me because I can't find the answers. Now they're saying... Give me a roadmap. Help me to understand how I find my answers inside me, which, which for me is an amazing transformation of the consciousness. You know, not don't yeah, tell me. Yeah, yeah. Give me the tools so I can find it for myself. And and I am so encouraged by that. that I think um, that is a change. You're absolutely right. I think. Um, the pre- you know, at the beginning, you know, 40 years ago, it was tell me what to do. And now yeah. it was show show me give me the roadmap. How do I go inside yeah. and find my answers? Because it's Where such an tools? individual journey. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and, mean, we, and you know, for the most for the most part, it's it's starting with meditation. That's and to me, that's the that's the answer. You know, um, and, um, and you know, it's 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 so simple. You tell people that, and they look at you like you're crazy. And it's that easy. It wasn't made hard. There's a, there's an old story, and I don't know how far back it goes, but, but we'll take it way back to antiquity, to when the gods made the earth. And they, they created mankind in their image with all of their skills and talents, and they thought after they got done and they looked at, mankind it was like uh oh we've made a mistake we can't we can't give them the kind of power we have because they're too young they have no no judgment they have no moral values we can't 
let them have all the powers that we have instilled within them. And so for eons, before they activated humanity, they, they, um, they deliberated over what do we do with the knowledge that, that they are powerful? How do we hide it from them? You know, where do we put it? Do we put it, you know, the, every, every suggestion was blown out. You know, we'll put it on the moon. Nah, they'll find it. Their, their adventure, they'll get there. The deepest sea, nope, they'll go there too. And, you know, they, they went on and on and on until finally an old crone walked in and said, stop. You want to hide the knowledge from him? I will tell you where you put it and he'll never look. And they all looked at her and she said, hide it within. He'll never seek it Yeah, there. it's a beautiful story. Beautiful story, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's the last place yes. people look. You know, they look hey, for happiness course. outside. We look for happiness outside. We look outside to, yeah. you know, for all kinds of ways to, um, you know, thinking that's the answer. And right. how many look within to find the answers to happiness? It's true. Or to and find the divine, you know? Sure. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's so simple. It's so simple. It's just, and it takes time, and it takes practice, and it takes patience. And and patience. I found that's the key. That one has to have patience on this path, um, because it 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 has its own time, and mm-hmm. it, you have to allow it to unfold in its own time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there have been times when I've sort of announced to the universe, okay, enough. You know, isn't it time for the next phase? You know? <laughs> I hear laughter. I think, I think we all get to that point, you know, you say enough. Because, I'm ready. You know, it's um, sometimes, you know, we, 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 we live in a spiritual field, you know, talking with people who think like we do, and then sometimes you step out of that and you say, oh, my God. <laughs> this is what the world is still doing, you know. <laughs> there was um, I, for a while I served um, in the pulpit of a spiritualist church, and there was a an, an older woman there who had, you know, she was very wealthy, and she was very, oh, she was a medium, and she was this, and she was that. She was just, you know, highly developed. You know, ask her, she'll tell you. And <clears throat> at some point in time, she declared it was time for her to transcend. So she gave away all of her money. She signed all of her her property. She gave away her jewelry. She gave away her clothes. She gave away her car. She took a a room in the local Y, and she laid down, and she said, okay, take me. And did she go? Nobody came to take her. No, she didn't go anywhere. So a couple months later, she came back to the church and she walked inside and she it was before the services started. She said, I just want you all to know I'm not coming back here. I told them I was ready. They didn't take me so they can, you know, and nobody would give her back her money or possessions or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she well, was it's kind of, of it's but, like the people who thought the world was going to end on a certain day and they all went to a certain place and they waited and what didn't happen. Yeah. And they had quit their jobs and everything and, you know. Um, the but timing is way, not ours to determine. <laughs> no, but but you know, in a way, it did end for them. Their world, as they knew it, ended. That's true. That's true. That's right. Yeah, their world as they and, knew it ended. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that in a way, 
I mean, not the way they thought, but um, right, know, they not got the way to they start thought. over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you gotta you gotta check the language out and make sure you understand exactly what the words mean. Um, well, that's 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 important, you know. <laughs> you think? You know, we can have many endings, you know, and opportunities Absolutely. to start over, but but not in the way that they're expecting, you know. But it's uh, so exciting when you come to those moments when you know, okay, this is the end of a phase and it's the beginning of another one. I have total control now. I can make this new phase anything I want it to be. I mean. It, we do have those moments in our lives. And, and you yes, know, we some, do. when people would come to me and say, I just lost my job, and I would say, congratulations, this is so cool. You get to reinvent yourself. And, right. you know, uh, it, it, it is an exciting time. Um, my friend whose husband died, um, you know, she, 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 she cries a lot, and, and that's okay. And I said to her, you know, this is such a gift because you thought of yourself as a couple and now you can think of yourself as an individual and you can reinvent right. that person. And and right. I know it's not, you're not going to get excited now, but trust me, in a year or so, you're going to be gangbusters. So cry the it other, out. The, the other thing about that is that you now have a friend in the other place. And Absolutely. I have found that that communication does not need to stop. There can be continual communication, you know, with somebody in in in, an, in another dimension. And uh-huh. um, that, that that there's you know, and information can be fed. You know, I mean, you can you can get familiar with that other dimension through through your loved one. Um, there there are you absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we we should remember that we have loved ones who are in that dimension. You know, you that we don't all come together on Earth at the same time. You have know, you ever so, thought about having a dinner party with all of your past selves? <laughs> That's a great thing. <laughs> Can you That's imagine what the conversation would be like? That is interesting, yeah, yeah. What would we find in I mean, common? Well, the only, the, you know what we'd have in common to talk about? Spiritual matters. Sure. That, but, that's, but not, that's what we would talk about, spiritual matters. Not, not only know. that, but, you know, who turned up in your life in a different place as, in a different person and all sorts of stuff like that. It could be, fa- it could be a fascinating dinner. It could be it could be very interesting. Very yeah, it could be a fascinating dinner. It's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, when I just think of of the, I've got the tip of the iceberg. Can you imagine seeing thousands of lives? Yeah, I, that's a lot of books. Um, that's a yeah, lot of books <laughs> and a lot to remember. Absolutely, you know? and you know, so, don't you think that sometimes our lives are. I, I think sometimes some people get kind of like a timeout life where things flow easily for them. They don't seem to have yeah, a yeah. lot of difficulties. Yeah, yeah. I think there's, there are definitely timeout lives. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, there, you know, you might be have earned, you know, certain karma will give you like like a little vacation. Yeah. Where you don't, you know, have to struggle so much. And, and um I knew a young person, actually a young Chinese Buddhist person, who said to me that he was 
early 20s, he said, I, I want to make sure that I don't just live on my good karma from the past. Yeah, he said, I don't want to use up my good karma from the past. So in other words, he was saying, <laughs> I don't want to just coast <laughs> and, and, and have a vacation in this life. I want to make progress. Well, yeah. Well, then obviously he still was, but but I I do think I I I have seen some people that I really I mean they're they're lovely people, they're quiet people, they're gentle people, they're spiritual people, but but they don't seem to be um have, they don't seem to have terrible challenges and and it's almost as though they are vacationing in in reality this lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I guess they've they've earned that. Oh, I'm I'm they've sure. I mean, they yeah. they aren't you know kings and they aren't rich, but 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 they are. But they're content. Um, it's almost they're content. They're content. Yeah, very. They're blissful. Yeah. They're blissful. And, yeah. and you just wonder what drug they're on, um, but but they're not. You know, it's it's. Uh, I think that that lifetimes. Sometimes are very challenging, and sometimes they aren't so much. But we always get something out of them that we can carry forward in time. Uh, yeah, and I agree you know with that element. Yeah, that element yeah. of pay it forward really does work not only for this lifetime but for the next one. Right. I mean, I find myself thinking about the future quite a bit these days. Uh, you know, um, thinking about what what the world will be when I come back you know I mean what will the condition of the earth be what will the climatic changes be what will the migrations of people be uh, will we have sorted out these problems will humanity be at peace uh, what do, do you, I want do to you contribute come back, do you always come back to the earth plane I mean there are other dimensions there are other dimensions and I think that that you know, in between Earth births, you go to to um, to those dimensions. But I I I think that a lot of us come back to Earth simply because we love the Earth. I mean, oh, there are yeah. other planets that we could go to as well, uh, and I'm sure there. Oh, oh, and that's something I haven't explored: other planets, not other dimensions per se, but other physical planets. Well, you, know, you have time to write more books. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I just don't have the time, I, and and we're we're down to our last few seconds here. Okay. Um, I want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I've enjoyed it. I really have. It's been a wonderful conversation. And inspiring. and your, your book again is, you know, my my journey through time, a spiritual memoir of life, death, and rebirth. Um, inspiring, inspirational, exciting, and it's a heck of a good read on top of all that. Um, so I, I, I hope that, that in the future I can get you back on and we can, we can dig deeper and go further. Talk about my second book. We'll talk about your second book year. for sure. <laughs> okay. Thank, thank you so much. This has been such a joy. And thank you. It's wonderful. And I hope we can speak again. Absolutely. I feel like I know you. <laughs> You've got my number. I don't know where or when, but I feel like I know you. Absolutely. Okay. Probably a past life. Probably. <laughs> All right. Take care. Well, take good good care. night now. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in, everybody. 
It's been a really great evening. I'm, I'm glad you were here to share it with us. Please get her book and read it. It is so worthwhile and so inspiring. Good night now.